Hey, Assembly family. Thank you so much for being a part of the Assembly through our podcast. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else, we are so glad to have you as a part of the Assembly family. If this message from the Assembly blesses you, please take a moment, take a screenshot, share it to your social stories on Facebook and Instagram. Again, we are so excited to have you as a part of the Assembly family. We hope that this message from the Assembly blesses and encourages you. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your your cover. Father, we are absolutely amazed at how in the midst of this uh, pandemic, in the midst of uh, social unrest, in the midst of uh, emotional turmoil that we're seeing around us every day, people who used to be smiling a lot are now not smiling. Folks that used to be bubbly and energetic are not bubbly and energetic anymore because the pressure has been coming down and bearing down more and more. And the truth is, this is always the way it has been. When things begin to wind down, when you are getting ready to to do something ginormous, the adversary will triple and double and triple down on his attack. So we stand in faith this morning. We stand in faith this morning. Come on, we stand in faith this morning. We stand in faith this morning. We stand in faith, believing that you, O God, are the God of all gods. You are the omnipotent one. You are the omniscient one. You are the omnipresent one. You never sleep. You not. You do not need sleep. You don't need rest. You don't need a break. You are always attentive to our need, and we thank you, Lord. Hey, I thank you, Lord. That there is not a minute, not a second of my life that you miss. You record all things. You know all things. You see all things. And you are able to deliver us. Deliver us out of our pain. Deliver us out of our circumstance. Deliver us out of our situation. Deliver us out of our turmoil. Deliver us out of our problems. Deliver us, oh God. We cry this morning. Deliver us, Father. Deliver us. Deliver us. We trust in you. We trust in you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, by the way, some uh, several weeks ago, we prayed for someone. Uh, I think it's, uh, was it uh, in the service or uh, as we were on power up, we prayed for someone that God had shown me uh, brain cancer dying. We commanded the cancer of the brain connected to the brain stem 
to die. And we all agreed and we prayed and commanded the adversary to step back. And I literally saw the tentacles of that cancer recoiling, pulling back and, 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 and just, just, just becoming lifeless and, and swindling down. Uh, I got word this week, hallelujah, that the person that uh, we were praying for that we didn't know had contacted me and uh, by email and said, I, I, you don't know me, but, but that was me. And uh, I went back and got my, my test, to run a complete test, and uh, they don't know what, what is, what's, gone, what's happened. I got a new brain. I said, yes, you got a new brain. 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 You've got a new brain. I said, I said, let me let me put you on notice. Just like nothing in this world is free, folk, I, I, it, it, it totally gets me. Totally gets me. We uh, we as human beings understand very well that nothing in this world, nothing that is good, is free. Do we know that? If it's really good, it ain't free. If it's free to you, somebody else paid for it. There's nothing that is worthwhile that's free to everybody except that which God has given us on the earth. And, and quite rapidly, we are turning what was given free like water is now being turned into something you got to pay for. Wow. And it amazes me that nobody is noticing that as sin increases, all of these things are decreasing. As sin and disrespect of God is increasing in the world, catastrophe is increasing. That if you want catastrophe to decrease, then you increase your respect of God. He said, those that honor me, I will honor them. Those that honor me, I will honor them. Those that honor me, I will honor them. I don't know about you, but I believe that. I hold on to it. I will not let go of it. I say in the name of Jesus that if I die honoring, I'm going to die honoring Jesus. I will die honoring Jesus. Because I know, I know what happens when you honor Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those who are following us on uh, online, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all of the other streaming networks, we want to welcome you to our service today. If you've been following us uh, for the last several Sundays, we have been uh, digging into uh, a theme, this is my hatching season. This is my hatching season. This is my hatching season. And uh, I'm challenging you to go back and listen from the beginning. We started with the life of Esther. Then we talked uh, last Sunday about, uh, I believe, Moses. Talked a little bit about Moses and then Job. Uh, and last week, just in recap, Matter of fact, before we do any of that, uh, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to the Word of God. 
My text is going to be uh, from the book of Judges. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. One of the things that I, I'm not sure, uh, Deacon Allen, that this is, uh, uh, this is how God works all the time. Matter of fact, uh, thinking that would, 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 would also mean that, that I'm putting him in a particular kind of box. So I'm not going to say that, but I will say this. What I have noticed in my own life is that as I have matured in God, I have become way more emotional in my private prayer time and a less, a, a way less emotional in my public verbalization speech time. That as I become grounded, and this is just for me, I'm not saying this is doctrine, but as for me, as God has continued to soak in and soak through me, what I notice in my own self is that I become very emotional. Thank God you guys can't see the cameras uh, when there's no church and when I'm over here uh, because, it, you know, it, it's, just a, it's just a messy, slobbering scene uh, as God begins to deal with me sometimes as I walk around the outside of our uh, sanctuary and pray and I got my earphones on and I'm listening to, to just worship music. And sometimes I would break down right in the corners and right in the back and just kneel on my knees and just worship God. Uh, but what I found is that as I, God has moved me into areas of deeper worship privately, I have become bolder and braver publicly. That I don't need to scream as much and I don't need to be as emotional. What I do need to be in public is passionate. I don't need to be emotional. I just need to be passionate. When you hear me, you understand that whatever he's talking about, he knows because he's been through. He's a real soldier because he's battled through. That's what I believe God wants every one of us uh, to represent as you go out into the world. That when people walk before you, when they speak to you, when they listen to you, when they shake hands with you, they identify you as a real soldier. They feel something coming from you that, that is out of the ordinary. They, they see from year to year, from family reunion to family reunion, that there's something of, of great maturity on the inside that is happening. And when they ask about it, you can say, God, hallelujah. It's God, it's God, it's God in me, the hope of glory. God is making me, God is molding me, God is needing me, God is remaking me, God is repositioning me, God is, it's God, it's God, it's God. God is plucking me, God is pruning me, God is God, it's God, it's God. You won't believe what God's been doing in my life. And they will understand, not because you're talking about it, but because they're seeing it. Look with me, the book of Judges chapter 7. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the third installment of This is 
your hatching season this morning. This is your hatching season. You're listening to me. This is your hatching season. We established that I did it over and over on Power Up. I said it to you on Power Up. If you want to break it down to its most basic ingredient, hatching is determined by two things, heat and turning. If the egg stays in the, in the crate at the store in the cold, the cold stops the growing process. The growing process. The growing process. The embryo does not mature, does not develop, does not expand, does not do anything. If you keep the egg sitting in one position, which is what, what you see in the store, and in the cold. You want to know why anyone is not growing? They call themselves a Christian and you don't see growth and change? It's because they have not allowed themselves to go through the turning. They have not allowed God to be graceful to them in their turning. We'll explain that in a minute. And they have, they have pulled themselves away from the influence of the Holy Spirit so they are out in the cold. They talk a good talk. They sing a good sing, but they cold. God said to those folk, I wish you were hot or cold. I wish you would tell, be, be a sinner and be a real sinner. Not, not say you're hot when you're cold. Not say you're going through and God's helping you when you're actually running away and refusing God's help. And so we established uh, two three weeks ago, that, that for you and I to come into your hatching season, you have to be filled to overflow with the glory of God. You've got to be constantly asking. I don't care if you messed up two minutes ago. The next minute you need to say, Holy Spirit, come wash me. Holy Spirit, come purge me. Holy Spirit, come clean me up. Holy Spirit, warm me up again. Holy Spirit, fire me up again. My, 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 my fire just went out for, for a moment there. I lost gas, but, but in the name of Jesus, I'm replacing my gas tank, and I'm on fire again in Jesus' name. I will not stay cold. So I got to have heat. The egg's got to have a particular temperature of warmth, and the egg has got to be turned. Trials and testing are your turning. These are just baseline things I'm just reestablishing again. If you are going to come into your hatching season, you have got to be able to look at the trial and testings that go on in and through your life and be able to get to a place of joy. You can't be going through your struggle and be walking like you, you're about to die. Oh, Lord, I can't believe I'm going through this again. Oh, God. Lord, how, how long are you going to let this happen to me? How many times am I going to go through this? I'm tired of this. When you do that in the midst of your turning, you are wasting spiritual, supernatural Currency. So it's not good enough to go through stuff. You got to get to a place of going through your trial, going through your test, 
going through the turn with joy. Because when that happens, strength develops. When you get to a place of joy, where nothing that you go through keeps you down, keeps you out of worship, keeps you out of speaking the word of God, keeps you out of giving God thanks in everything, then you are on the verge, if not in the process of hatching. So you got Holy Spirit's anointing, the warmth of the Holy Spirit. Anytime the warmth of the Holy Spirit is added to your life, you will hatch. Here's the problem, and we've talked about this on Power Up, so I'm just catching you guys up. Quite often, Christians are praying for God to, to bring them into hatching purpose. And they are fanning the Holy Spirit in their lives. But they are not getting to a place of joy in their circumstance. So on one hand, they're they're fanning, Holy Spirit, come on me, wash me, purify me. On the other hand, they're not going through what they got to go through with joy. That is... That is the, the, the example of, of having the egg with the embryo in it because heat is being applied, but no turning going on. So the side that the embryo is lying on in the eggshell will be deformed because it hasn't been turned. There is nothing worse than to have a chicken or a, an eagle or a duck come out of the shell because the warmth was applied to it, but it comes out deformed. There's nothing worse than a duck who should be looking seamless. It looks like nothing's going on, but they've got two good feet and they're just moving onto the water. There's nothing worse than to have a duck that is supposed to be paddling very well underwater to hatch with one leg pulled up like this. So you hatch into purpose, but you hatch with deformity. And those are the folks that you see in church that's got tremendous spiritual gifting. When they pray for the sick, oh my Lord, all kinds of things happen. But at the same time, when you see them out of church, they look kind of raggedy. They got a church life going, but they also got a strong carnal life going. They got prayer going, but they also got a strong attitude going that they get ticked off real quick. They can pray for somebody and the person gets healed, but when you mess with them, they have no self-control. They know the word, but somehow they, they have not been able to do the word. And so there's a deformity 
And that is what has messed the picture of God's people up. When the world looks at us, they see the glory of God shining on you. But because you have not submitted yourself to the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God, helping you with grace to go through the turn, what they see is glaring deformity. Judges chapter 7. This is your hatching season. Somebody's gotten me. See, do you get that? Do you get that? You got to have Holy Spirit, and, 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 but you got to go through. You got to go through. If you understand that, that going through stuff with the right attitude, with a worshiper's heart, with a heart of thanksgiving, is what, with, with the word coming out of your mouth, is what will bring you into your purpose without deformity then you stop, you stop just worrying or stressing. You just boil it down to these two things. If I keep my attitude right before God, and if I stir the flames of the Holy Spirit in me, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. It stops, you, it, it stops you from having to worry about all kinds of stuff that pe- people preach about, preach about. If you just look at these two things operating in your life, you know, okay now, for sure, I'm coming into my hatching season pretty soon. Nobody can stop it. Hallelujah. Okay, Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Uh, Minister Dexter, thank you so much, my younger brother. Uh, every time that we have a, a, a schedule change where Jordan has to be out of town, and that's normal, uh, almost every time you have availed yourself, sometimes coming in from your uh, management job uh, early on a Sunday morning and just taking a shower or whatever and coming over here to help us. Thank you very much. Would you guys thank God for my younger brother? I bless you. I bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I also want to take a moment before I read the scripture to bless again my executive pastor and his dear wife, Miss Judy. I just want you guys to know that you are loved. Uh, we're working on some things right now that the church will uh, hear about soon, but they're good things. They're needed things. They're, they've been prayed about and well-planned, and uh, uh, we think it's the, right, it's the right thing. So we're going to tell you guys about that later on. We're still kind of working some things out, but you all are cherished. You are part of our foundation at the assembly uh this the assembly wouldn't be the assembly if you and i weren't in partnership and i thank you for that i thank you for that would you guys bless god for our executive pastor and his wife (laughs) hallelujah glory be to god okay i'm gonna read uh chapter 7 verse 1 follow me zen Jerubabel, Zerubbabel, or Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the wells of Herod. So the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, 
The people who are with you are too many. I want you to underline that. The people who are with you are too many. This is not a general talking to another general. This is God talking to the general. That, that the people you got fighting with you in this battle you're going up are too much. Whenever God says that, whenever God said this too much of you, uh, it, it, mean, it means that he just feels like sh shining that day. I want, I want you to hear that. Whenever God, God puts that in your spirit, whenever God says that, it, it's, just, it's just God being God. He just picks that day, that moment in your life, that moment in your situation, and he said, I feel like shining today. Now, quite often you can miss your blessing, you can miss your breakthrough because your ears are stopped up with some kind of carnal wax and you can't hear when God is saying, uh, I know you've been doing this on your own. I know you've been struggling. I know you've been trying to work this out on your own. But today, just today, would you just back down? Would you just shut your mouth? Would you just pray on the inside and keep a good attitude because what you're doing is too much? What you're doing is too much. And quite often that is all he's going to say. You are over there waiting for him to have a long conversation with you about why what you're doing is too much and what he planned to do. No. All he's going to say quite often, Pastor, is, is uh, the people... Who you've got are too many. The words you're using are too many. The stuff you're trying to put together is too much. You need to back down so I can back everything up for you. The Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, into give you the Mid Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel, here we go, claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hands has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and go back home. And 20,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained, 22,000. So there were 32,000 folks ready to fight. Let me just picture it. Let, me, let, let us break this down a minute. You got 32,000 soldiers ready to fight with you against the enemy. And somebody passed word that their mama got sick. That their uncle took in with cancer. That their brother died in an accident. And 22,000 turned back and go home. Stricken with fear because of something going on in their lives. Can I tell you something this morning? I don't care if you go back home or you stay where you are. Folks going to still die. I don't care if you pray or you don't pray. Folks go still get, get can't have cancer. It don't matter 
if you go home or you stay in the fight, something bad is going to still happen. Somebody needs to get there. That what you do doesn't control what's going to happen every time. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm hurting somebody, but I'm hurting me too. I'm hurting me too. I'm hurting myself. Ah, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Those who are fearful, let them turn back and go home. And 22,000 of the people returned. If 22,000 leave faster, the first time you make one announcement, if you don't feel good, if you got a headache, this enemy is trying to take you out, trying to steal, kill, and destroy you and your family. And the first thing you hear, if you got a headache, you can go home. What? If your toe is hurting you, you can go home. If you feel your tummy aching, you can go home. And 22,000 of the 32,000 left. You know what I got to say to that? Thank God they left. Because you, what you don't want to happen is you get connected to someone in the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. You get yourself tangled up with somebody who ain't staying. Who ain't going to walk with you to the battle. Who ain't going to walk it through to the fire? There, Mr. Good Time, Mrs. Good Time, Mrs. Times of Refreshing at the assembly. When everything is going hunky-dory, you can depend on them. But the minute everything becomes real, we're about to go into the battle. And you see, you see the enemy right over there, right, right over there. The, the, Midianite, the Midianites are right there. You can see them. Now that you can see them and you realize that they're, they're ready to fight, those of you who are fearful and your tummy is hurting and your, and your toe is hurting and, and you got a headache, you can go home. And 22, I don't need them anyway. I don't need them. Go ahead and talk to yourself. I don't need anybody who's going to leave me in the middle of the battle. You might not know you don't need them. But, 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 but if you go any further with them, they ain't going to protect your back. 10,000 remain. But the Lord said, I'm not going to stop again until I read it through. But the Lord said to Gideon, people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you. I, God, will test them for you. I, God, will test them for you. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whomever I say to you, this one shall go, shall not go with you, the same shall not go with you. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on their knees 
to drink and the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, will, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and set away all the rest of Israel, sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of the Midian, Midians was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hands. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Para or Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down to Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the armies, armed men who were at the camp. It's the Midianite camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitudes. And when Gideon had come there, a man, there was a man telling a dream to his companions, a Midianite man telling a dream to his companions. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into camp of the Midians. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hands, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation that he worshipped, he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord had delivered the camp of the Midian into your hand. Then they, then they divided 300 men into three companies and put trumpets in every man's hand and empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me. And do likewise, watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, and I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and, Gide and of Gideon. So Gideon and the army, the hundred men, so Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And he, they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in and torches in their hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place. All around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. 
When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia, towards Zerah, and as far as the borders of Abel, Mohablah, and Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together Naphtali, Asher, Manasseh, and pursued the Midianites. Then Gideon sent messages throughout the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midians and seize from them the the watering places as far as Beth Barak and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the water places as far as Beth Barak and Jordan, and they camped captured two princes of the Midians, Orab and Zeb. They killed Orab at the rock of Orab, and Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. They, per- they pursued Midian and brought the heels, the heads of the Orab and Zeb to, get to Gideon on the other side of Jordan. It's a pretty cool story. Now you got to remember this is, a, this is the same guy that earlier when God chose him, uh, he said, uh, you can't, God can't be choosing me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. I'm, 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 you know, I'm the least of my tribe. And I belong to the least tribe of all the 12 tribes. Uh, there's no way God could be choosing me to lead anything. But God said, you the man. I've put power in your hand. I've anointed you. You are the one. But I want us to dig a little deeper because uh, 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 we, we, we tend to, to forget a couple of things. We tend to forget a few things that I'm going to mention today. Uh, one is a recap of last week. If you didn't, weren't here last week, I want you to point one of last week was when you are coming into your hatching season, what may feel like disabling affliction? This was from Job. What may feel like disabling affliction can really be your final exam. So you got to be on your P's and Q's. You can't give up. You can't get worried and shaky. You got to understand that this might, might just be the exam of all exams. This may be the, 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 the test of all tests for this season. Uh, while I was preaching, uh, speaking the other day, somebody raised the question about uh, seasons, uh, destiny, and purpose. And the question was, uh, do all of us have one destiny and one purpose that God is preparing them for. And I said, no. I believe God has multiple purpose and multiple places of destiny for you. Here's why I believe that. That seldomly, listen to me, seldomly do you ever see a 10, I mean a 6, doing business with a 10. That's where we got the word class warfare from, the phrase. So if you were at the three, except by miracle, you, you ain't going to have much to do with a 10. Not only that, if you're a three, normally your ministry, your impact will be at three and below. So, If you are maturing and growing as a Christian, does God intend for you to be a three all your life? Come on, guys. Come on. You online. Let me hear you. Does God intend for you to be a three 
even as you mature spiritually. So as you mature from a three to a five to a seven, your demographic changes. And if the demographic is changing, the people and places that you will impact are also changing. And if the people and places of impact are changing as you are maturing spiritually, then the purpose God has for you in each place is also changing. Which means that as you mature as a Christian, that God has multiple places of purpose for you. That, so that's why you've got to buckle down and you've got to get yourself into the season, into the purpose, into the destiny, because what he has for you now, if you miss it and you move on to another level, it's gone. Somebody else is going to impact there, but not you. So we said, when you feel like disabling affliction, it may be your final exam. Number two that I said last week was, you've got to speak the word because your lips determine your level. You've got to speak the word. You've got to be a word person. I know I'm, I'm talking to the, to the uh, what you call it. I'm speaking to the, the choir. There we go. I'm speaking to the choir because we've all heard this before, but you may not have heard this in connection with purpose. You may not have heard this in connection with hatching. You may be stuck asking God, what's my purpose? Lord, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And while I'm preaching, I'm trying to give you things, markers that you can put down on paper and monitor yourself. Don't be frustrated if purpose hadn't come. Recognize that you've been a murmurer and not a worshiper. Woo, Lord Jesus. Don't get mad with God when purpose has not materialized. Recognize that you have not been fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit in you. You've been a carnal Christian. And if you're a carnal Christian, you're not going into purpose. You may play around purpose. You may walk around it like Jericho, but the walls ain't coming down. So you heard this before, but, but you got something to connect it to. Your lips determine your level. I got to praise God at all times. I've got to be not just a worshiper, but I've got to be a joyful worshiper. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. It is important. He does not want you to serve him with a pouty mouth. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do him any good. It only does you good and does him glory if you can, oh, hey, if you can serve him with gladness. It only does you good and does him glory if you can serve him with gladness. So you got to speak the word. Your lips determine your level. 
Okay, let's go to number three. This is the third installment. Hallelujah. Hey, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you're in your hatchet season, there are two things, two reasons you must, you must stay in place. There are two reasons you must stay in place of your emotional worship and impassioned faith. There are two reasons to stay here. Two reasons. I'm going to give you the two reasons, but you have to stay. If you are looking to go into your hatching season, hatching season at school, guys, you want your grade level to go up. You want, you, you want to perform at a, at a scholarship level. You don't want your 3.0 or 3.5 to go down because you got depressed, because you were overwhelmed with anxiety. Because All of these things that happen to people in school, you don't have to be sick to fail a class. You don't have to have COVID to drop out of class. I have prayed and have been praying for students who were A-plus students, 4.0 and above students, guys. And the adversary attacked them with anxiety that was so powerful that it crippled them. They could not go to class anymore. They had to drop out. They lost a, an entire semester, $10,000 worth. $15,000 work, $20,000 work at what some of the big schools. Only because the adversary attacked them with anxiety or depression and they did not have a God relationship to bail them out. So if you're listening to me, this is important for you. When you are in your hatching season, you have to stay in a place of emotional worship. Remember I told you about it in the beginning, that God has been growing me, and one of the things I'm noticing is that I've become more emotional in my private time. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not telling you that people who are emotional in church got something wrong with them, because Hannah was emotional in the temple. Right? She was so emotional and crying and sobbing so much that the high priest comes by and he says, uh, young lady, you really need to stop your drinking. So we're not talking about, about, about doctrine here. I'm not making a doctrine. But what I'm saying is that for me, as I've matured, God has made me more emotional in my private time when I'm driving the car I'm driving around, I'm praising God. Holy Spirit will come just to that space. You want God coming into that space when you're in your office alone at your workplace. You want God coming into that space and overwhelming you when you are sitting by yourself under a tree at work trying to relax before you go back in. You want the glory of God coming and just whisking you away when you are, are, are by yourself. Wherever you make your room your closet with God, you want the glory of God coming in there. You have to stay in a place of emotional worship. And impassioned faith. You've got to stay in a place of emotional worship and impassioned faith. Let me say this. And you need to write this down. I'm going to give you guys. The anointing 
will flow wherever the alignment occurs. The anointing will flow wherever the alignment occurs, meaning that if you and God are not in step, the glory is not going to come. If you and God are not in alignment, you, the glory of God will not flow. The glory of God will flow wherever the alignment occurs. Number two, when the enemy can't mess up your anointing, he will mess up your timing and your position. Oh, model. Oh, Jesus. When the enemy can't mess up your anointing, he'll mess up your timing and your position. Because if he can get you out of timing and out of position, your anointing's going to get messed up anyway. You got that? You got that online? You got, okay, good. Where the enemy can't mess up your anointing, he'll mess up or mess with your timing and your position. We have to continue. God brings God brings this group of guys together. Okay? Got 32,000 soldiers. You call them soldiers cuz they all got they got weapons, right? They got they got armor, right? They it's supposed to have on a blessed spirit of righteousness and, a, you know, feet shoved with the preparation of the gospel. They got the sword of the spirit in their hand. Looks like they got everything. What I did not realize is that you, you can have, or you can say you have all those things, but if you don't have the faith, to believe God's word, none of those things will perform like they should. Lord, help us. Help us. See what I'm saying? I'm not shouting. I'm not going to shout. But we're going to talk business here because I, 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 really, I really have a longing, Pastor, to start running with some folk that know how God operates that we are not shifty and shitey based on circumstance. We know what God is saying. We understand what God is saying. And we do what God is saying. And we expect the results that God says we're going to expect. Your God is fiercely, we're going, This is and this is me, all we're going to have time for before we even get into the story, is to get in behind the story. We read about, about what God does, does with, with all of these men willowing them down to 300. But, but it's easy to, to, to not look at, at the reason, at the reason. And here it is, we're just going to deal with the first reason. That your God, your God and my God is fiercely jealous about you and about his glory. 
your God is fiercely jealous about you and about his glory. He's not jealous about what other people say about you, what other folks got, what you, what, even what you got or you don't have. He is, he is fearlessly jealous or fiercely jealous because he made you. No one wants something that they have created with, with time and commitment to just be wasted. God is not a God that, that, that loves the sight of humanity going down into hell. We were made in his image and likeness. Before we were born in our mother's womb, he knew us. That's what Jeremiah said. So, so, so the, act, the act of depositing your spirit, your, your, your sinless spirit, because before you got put into this body, Hey, my Lord Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Somebody's going to understand it today. You're going to understand it today. There's a comedian that says that. We're not going to call his name. But you're going to understand today. Today, you're going to understand this. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That, 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 That God is fiercely jealous about you and about his glory because he made you. He made you in his own likeness, in his own image, and he he does not waste. He does not waste. Here's what he said in Exodus 20 and 5. You shall not worship them, talking about anything outside of himself, any idol, any person, any situation, any money, any position, nothing. No, no new car, no, not, no friend, no, no, nobody. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord, I, your God, am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the Father on the children and the third to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, when people read that, they get upset because they don't want to continue reading. But I challenge you to continue reading in the same chapter because what he says is, and God will bless those who obey his laws to the thousandth generation. Somebody didn't get that. Pastor didn't get that. That God said, those that disobey me, he's even being merciful when he says, those that don't listen, those that don't hear me, those that don't follow my word, those that don't lead on me as their only way will have the curse of sin. I'm saying they're going to have the curse of sin following them to the third and fourth generation. He's even limiting the curse. He loves you so much. Oh my gosh. But he said to those who love me, to those who sell out to my cause, 
to those who commit to my way, I'm going to bless them to the thousandth generation that you might not live in this first, second, and third generation to see the blessing break out in your family. Because sometimes the curse has got to be diluted out of your family. And your prayer today might be what, what starts the dilution. If you get a cup of Pepsi and you start pouring water in it, it takes a little while. But eventually the water going in will dilute the Pepsi to place of just plain water. So what you can't see, God do it. 20, 30, 40 years ago doesn't mean he hadn't changed something. He doesn't mean he hadn't turned your family around. Doesn't mean that your prayers isn't working. Doesn't mean that your faith is not being purposeful. Doesn't mean that your commitment is not being activated. Doesn't mean that the blessing has not begun to flow. All that's been happening has been a dilution of the tentacles, the cancerous satanic tentacles that have been in your family sometimes it takes three or four generations to get out but once it is diluted out of your life God said I'm going to bless you to the thousand generation I'm going to give you a breakthrough to the thousand generation you're going to hatch my glory to the thousand generation oh Lord Jesus hey, when I'm tempted to be worried about generation one two and three ah, holy spirit said ah, it's being diluted son you just stay on your knees it's being diluted you just keep worshiping it's being diluted you just keep praising because the real breakthrough will be watching you'll be watching from heaven to see the 15th to see the 20th to see the 40th to see the 150th to see the 190th generation coming from you that will begin to see my glory break out. Exodus 34, and I'm coming in, I'm coming in. 12, 13. Exodus 34 and 13. For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name for the Lord whose name, Deacon Allen, for the Lord whose name. We want to talk about God's name being, being Jehovah Nissi. My banner. We want to talk about God's name being Jehovah Rapha, my healer. We want to talk about God's name being Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But nobody doesn't talk about God's whose name is jealous. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Is a jealous God. The reason you have to stay in your praise is because you got a jealous God. The reason you have to stand in belief is because you serve a jealous God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. My God. One more and we're done. Second Corinthians 11 and 2. Oh, this stuff mess. This messed me up. 
For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband. This is God talking about you and his son Jesus. I betrothed you. I promised you to my son. How, oh God, Jesus. I can't, I can't understand that. Being born in sin and shaped in iniquity, God's still saying to me, Dad, Andrew, I promised you to my son. I promise you to my son. I promise you, son. For I betrothed you to one husband so that the Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, this morning, this morning, somebody has been stuck. You're stuck. You've been stuck in worry, stuck in anxiety, stuck. Not understanding how special you are, that God has multiple levels of purpose that He is working through you, that He has breakout stamp on your passport, breakthrough stamp on your passport, hatched stamp. It's already been signed on. You're just going through the motion. If you're going through the motion, just go through it. Don't get stuck in it. If you're going through trials, go through it. Don't get stuck in it. If you're going through a test, go through it. His grace enables you to go through it to a place of hatching. To a place of hatching. To a place of hatching. Your father, home. Ah! Thank you, Jesus. My God. This adversary. Hallelujah. As I started to say, my God is a jealous God. I love God because I know he's jealous for me. Come on. You got to be able to say that. I love Lord. I love you because I know you're jealous for me. Let me live my life for your namesake. Let me live my life for your namesake. Help me, help me, Lord, so that I will live my life for your, your namesake. I, I, I know you're jealous. I know you're jealous for me. 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 I know, I know nobody wants me to hatch more than you do. No one wants me to hatch more than you do. No one wants me in purpose more than you do. No one wants me in destiny more than you do. So, Lord, I confess my love for you this morning. I confess my love for you this morning. I confess my love for you this morning. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I don't know if we've got the ability up in the sun boot to put on some kind of a worship just tone for just two minutes. We're going to be out in two minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching me online or you are in the service and you did not understand the depth of God's love for you and the reason why you should be so committed to God that you need to sell out, 
I hope that you got it this morning, that, that you could never love God as much as he loves you this morning. It, it, I can't get it. That before, before I was born, God knew me. And how grieved he must have been that Adam and Eve sinned because he knew that once he deposited that spirit of mine and yours that was pure and righteous and without sin into this sinful body, now he's got to do two things. He's got to give you the ability to choose your own fate. And he, he didn't have that on his jacket. He didn't have, God has a plan for everything, but that's not what he wanted. He wanted you and I to eternally enjoy his presence like angels. Thank you, Jesus. And so he said, I'm going to send my son. I can't let this go on. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to interject my sperm, my spiritual DNA into this satanic, sinful body, sinful humanity, and I'm going to redeem them. If you're out there and you're asking God, you're needing God to redeem you one more time, just say with me, dear Father, I'm coming to you like a prodigal son with all the mess of my clothes. With all the dirt on my face, with my breath stinky, because I have not brushed my spiritual teeth, I'm a mess, but I'm your mess. I declare today I'm your mess, and I need you to come and clean me up, clean me up. Clean me up. I repent of my wrong. I'm so sorry I ran away from your will. Clean me up, Lord. Clean me up. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those who have confessed to you their need for cleansing. And they've asked you to clean them up. They've repented of their sin. Father, I welcome each of them, those that are recommitting and those that are committing for the first time, and they're coming in, coming back home, coming back home, coming back home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. Could we get the kids in? While we're having the, yeah, would you please? Thank you, Miss Judy. Uh, uh, two weeks ago now, uh, myself and I'm going to ask actually uh, Daniel and his family to come up. I'm going to ask you guys to, we're going to pray with uh, Daniel and his family. If you can just stand right here, right, right, right here, right here. Uh, I, I thought you here that she, she was, okay. Uh, those of you who know uh, Daniel and Achara McCauley, uh, 
Daniel, like several others, is a, is a son of mine, spiritually speaking. And I value fatherhood very, very seriously. Uh, Uh, we had an important conversation, which he said, "Dad, I, I, I'm not sure, sure, a hundred percent that I'm. You can never be sure, sure. You're doing exactly what's right, but he said, I feel it. Something in me tells me I've got an opportunity to serve in a different way." Uh, and I need, I need you, I need you to, to continue to father me in the spirit and to back me up. As you all know, himself and his wife and the team that they were developing were over our, uh, over the, Joseph Stable Community Outreach. Joseph Stable will continue to operate as a different entity outside of the assembly. Uh, does not mean that he's not my spiritual son. It means that as a good father, I need to be able to give him the opportunity to follow his heart and Secondly, and most importantly, to provide a road home if what he feels in his heart doesn't quite work out that way, he will have no problem coming back home. This will not be a church that, that, that tells you, don't let the, the back, the knob hit you where, you know, what, what they say. That, that's not our church. That even when I, as a father, spiritual father, doesn't feel like most parents, like you, you quite, you ain't quite ready for to do this or do that. That will not stop me from investing in time and energy and prayer into my spiritual children. And Daniel, I want you to know that I am proud of you, very proud of you, and we want you to not slow down to continue to do exactly what you're doing. Don't give up. Uh, would you like to say something? Give me one of the mics. Have your mic, Pastor, right there. The mic. No, 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 not the ear. Give me the mic. It's two minutes. Let me borrow your mind.
This is bittersweet. It's sweet because I know that when I came here over three years ago that I didn't know my purpose. I knew that God called me into ministry. But one thing I did know that he told me that it was going to be outside of the four walls. And God has been dealing with me over the past few weeks. I have no doubt that it's God. He's came to me six times, reassuring me that this is his direction. And as Pastor talked about hatching season and incubators, I'm an old assistant hatchery manager. And one thing about that egg, that embryo, if you keep that embryo past ambient temperature, which is 90 degrees, longer than it should, for a prolonged period, it will die inside of that egg. It won't come out deformed. It will die inside of that egg. And something even my kids don't know. I, I was, I was, I, I, I prolonged it longer than I wanted to because I did the back to school jam, but God was pushing me before that. But one thing that as I tried to hold God, I was, I was at one of my farmer's farm and there's a dog. I didn't even want to say it in front of my kids, but God put this in the spirit. There's a, there's a dog that we fell in love with, a German shepherd. My family came out, they met the dog. We went out with big watermelons and, and fruit and vegetables. And one day I was sitting there talking to that farmer and the dog was on the, the front wheel of my truck and I didn't realize it. And as we was talking, I ran over and killed that dog. And as I sat and I watched that dog wince in pain, God said, this is the same pain that I feel when I see those who don't know me and they're going to hell. And he said, I've given you a call to save those in the world. And that's what I got to go do. And I thank you family for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Would you just stretch your hand towards the McCullough? I'm sorry, steer wife was called into work. Yes, absolutely. The teenagers are going back to school. These are not the only kids we got in our church. The whole, the whole gang of you come stand behind the kids. You ain't too grown to come up here. Stand behind the kids. You know, they get to be 16, 17, 18, you know. They think, I, I can't stand there no more. All the teenagers, even the ones in college. I got somebody in college. This, this, is, my, this is my second year. Second year? This, could you come here for a second? Could you believe this baby is a senior in college? <laughs> Yeah. That's what a that's what a Holy Ghost filled senior looks like. It looked like in in middle school. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you first of all stretch your hands to the McCullers? Thank you, Jesus. Father, Daniel, put your hands on your daughters. Glory be to God. Father, I thank you for Your word never changes. Father, I thank you for your, your presence that will function 
everywhere we go if we follow and obey your law. And I have no doubt, no doubt, that you are releasing mercy and grace and strength and vision and discernment into the life of Minister Daniel and his wife and his kids. In the name of Jesus, we clear their path so that what God is, they've confessed that God is leading will work together for the good in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this. We release your blood and your glory on them. And I say in the name of Jesus, be led by the Spirit. I say in the name of Jesus, be led by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let favor line your path. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you there. Thanks. Uh, the girls can stay up so we can pray with them. Hallelujah. Guys, this is our now group. Uh, one of the things you could wait you you can tell that the church is exploding is not when you look in the pew. That you guys your numbers in here says nothing about the size of our church. That, that tells you what the size of our church is. Hallelujah. We had our graduation two weeks ago, and there was hardly a child that was not on the honor roll. Am I, am I right? There was hardly a child in our church that was not on the honor roll. And that's the way it's going to stay as we keep applying the blood of Jesus to them. Would you stretch your hands for towel babies? Kids are shooting each other. They've got all these crazy things about rape and incest and alcoholism in schools, cigarette smoking in schools, gay and lesbian agendas being taught in schools. And in the name of Jesus, we are applying the blood to the minds of our babies. Woo! Hallelujah. Close your eyes, guys. Close your eyes. Because the glory of God is being saturated on you right now. We are protecting your mind in the name of Jesus from every satanic attack. Every satanic attack. The devil wants to sift you like wheat, but in the name of Jesus, we pray for you. Satan wants to sift every one of you like wheat so that you slip through our fingers. You slip through the fingers of, of God. But it's it, it not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's, they will not slip through God's fingers this morning. They will not slip through our prayers. They will not slip through our prayers. Oh, God. 
in the name of Jesus. Saturate them. Saturate them. Saturate them. Saturate them, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As they go back to school, they are going back as your ambassadors. They're going back with your mindset. They're going back with your Holy Spirit. They're going back with your blood covering them. In the name of Jesus, we speak this, we believe it, and we say it's done. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Give God a hand. Give God a hand. You guys can go on back. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank each one of you so much for being here with us. Hallelujah. If you have not been on Power Up, this is a good time for you to start your devotion time. Hallelujah. The average believer in America reads their praise, praise. The average person in America prays two to six minutes every day. And if you've had issues getting up to pray, I am, I am pressing you to get up for Power Up from 6 to 6.30. If you can put in your 30 minutes, You are not an average Christian anymore. You are an elite fighter. You are a sniper. I invite you to be on Power Up on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 6 to 6.30 on Bible study with us on Wednesday nights. We are in in, on campus and online on the second and fourth, right? Wednesdays of the month and only online on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Only online, first and third Wednesdays, online and in, in, in on campus on the second and fourth Wednesday. We invite you to be there and also to be here with us on Sunday morning. Invite somebody. Father, we thank you for your goodness that has come through. We thank you for the hatching that we were in. We could feel the warmth of your Holy Spirit and we also feel the press. <laughs> we feel the press. We feel the turn. But in the name of Jesus, we refuse to do anything but thank you in the midst of the storm. We refuse to do anything but worship you in the midst of the storm. We refuse to do anything but give you praise. Because we know what's coming. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. My hatching season is coming. In the name of Jesus. Father, I release it in the name and the precious blood of Jesus. Touch, bless, revive, favor, and bring joy to your people in this new week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks again for joining us for this message from the Assembly. We're so glad to have you as a part of the Assembly family. If you would like to sow a seed into the ministry of the Assembly, you can do so by going to theassemblyflorence.org and clicking on the Give Now button in the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop or laptop. If you're on a mobile device, click the plus sign in the top right corner to bring up the menu and then click Give Now. You can also give by texting the number 88729-2238 with a message that says SC Assembly Give, all one word. Then you'll receive instructions on how to give. You can also mail check or money order to The Assembly, 2925 West Palmetto Street. 
Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Thanks again for joining us for this message from the Assembly. 